Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. This episode today is brought to you by Radio Cab, Portland's best transportation option. Download the Radio Cab app and leave the driving to us for a night out at the Symphony or any other place you need to go. Safe, local, reliable. Radio Cab, driver and veteran owned since 1946. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. Today, I am talking to David Sicking, who is the director of Shakespeare in Love, which is going to be at the Lakewood Center for the Arts, November 1 through December 7th. Shakespeare in Love is by Lee Hall, adapted from the screenplay by Tom Stoppard and Mark Norman. Hey, David. Hey, Suze. How you doing? Good. It's so good to talk to you. Thanks good. for, good for you. Thank giving you. a call. Well, thank you for inviting me. A pleasure. You've been working on this play for quite a while now. Oh, my gosh. I've been living, breathing, sleeping it for about eight months now. Yeah. Wow. How? Well, go back to the eight months, and you actually brought this project to Lakewood. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I first saw the script out in, a, a, you know, the bookstore down at Powell's maybe about three years ago when it first came, was, first came out, and uh, it hadn't yet even been released for American productions. It had only been uh, performed over in England. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, uh, Ashland did it as part of their season uh, when the American rights became available, at which point I pitched it to Lakewood, and eventually we got it on their roster for this year. And Got the go-ahead on it around the first of last year, January, February, mm-hmm. and have just been uh, working on to to this Friday night since that time. So mm-hmm. it's been a real exciting process. And now you've directed at Lakewood previously, Dial M for Murder, and what's yeah. it like to work out in Lake Oswego? What's it like to share stories out with that community? Oh my gosh, you know, and that's that's the key word is is community. I mean, Lakewood Center for the Arts is a center for the arts and it's it's uh, kind of functions also as a center of that community, the heart of that community and that's what you feel when you go into that building every time is a real sense of the community, not only of the the artists, but you know, the, the people living and around and in in the neighborhood that are part of Lake Oswego. And then the uh, the staff that that work there, they bring that sense of community uh, uh, in into the working process. And so it's just a wonderful feeling of uh, acceptance and support by those people when when, when you go in there to work. And it, it's just um, it's just delightful. It's just delightful the sense of uh, a trust and belonging that uh, that you have there. And you have a real love for Shakespeare. I do. I mean, I've done a been in a couple of his his uh, plays and directed. Uh, couple and uh this is i think the second or third play that i've done that is kind of about uh shakespeare and his his process and you know uh, the adaptation of his work and presenting it on stage so it's kind of fun to uh take on this piece which is uh, quite uh, quite quite epic mm-hmm. and how much of it is based in real life or at least what we know or what we think we know about the life of shakespeare Oh, it's a very loose uh, telling. It is historical, but it is not history. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 certainly, the, the the characters that are are within it, many of the characters that that we meet with in the course of the story were were real people of the time, and the authors have been, you know, at least somewhat true to uh, their character and uh, the things that they did. But in terms of um, timeline, the the the, the play uh, does not feel. Uh, restrained by uh, uh, accurately uh, sharing with us 
things as, as they actually occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the authors took a, a, great, uh, a great liberty with those things. And then we have characters in the play. One of our principal characters, Viola, mm-hmm. who is uh, uh, you know, our, our leading, leading lady, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the woman that Shakespeare falls in love with, is a, is a complete invention. Mm, uh, so uh, yeah, so it's 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 a mix of complete romantic fiction and uh, historicity, uh, but it is it, it is no by no means historical. It's more of a a fantasy, a fable, uh, uh, an alternate universe sort of retelling of what might have, what could have happened. Interesting. I saw Women of Will last week at Portland Playhouse with <laughs> Tina oh, Packer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so at Portland Playhouse, you can really dive into the women of Shakespeare and this as well. It's so fascinating. Really, William Shakespeare uh, allows us to look into so many facets of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, the the thing that you know, he 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 wrote, at least you know from from my male perspective, which is limited, uh, <laughs> he he writes women so well, and he makes them, you know, generally so much more uh, powerful and perhaps articulate than women of that time would have had access to 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 being, hmm. and yet he creates this um, this archetype, this this figure, a uh, female empowerment that had to have been uh, so transformative, uh, um, you know, for women through the ages to be able to look at these characters and go, well, that's what I want to be like. That's who I want to be like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what wonderful heroic uh, female characters that he wrote. And again, the thing that is ironic that a, a lot of this play deals with is that at the time that he was writing those plays, women were not allowed to perform on the public stage. Yes. So those would have been men playing those wonderfully dynamic uh, female roles. And mm-hmm. in our play, we have this young woman, Viola, who thinks that's unfair and that, the, that we'll never really see women accurately depicted on stage or relationships between men and women accurately depicted on stage until women can play themselves on stage. And uh, so she, you know, uh, kind of sneaks in the back door, disguised as a as a young man and auditions for uh, this play that William Shakespeare is in the process of uh, just beginning to write, uh, and she gets uh, gets gets cast in it. And uh, he's the play that he's uh, currently writing. He's got a little bit case of writer's block, mm-hmm. uh, but the play that he's trying to write is his play uh, Romeo and Ethel the Pirate's Daughter. <laughs> so that's how that's how it begins. Now, eventually, of course, that that evolves into Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole thing is that it it starts off as kind of a uh, comedic, com- uh, comedia uh, type romp with pirates and the whole bit and p- pretty silly stuff. But, you know, kind of similar to his uh, Two Gents or Taming of the Shrew, those, those early works that, that he did write. And it was going to be more in that vein, but then it turns into be, you know, this beautiful piece that we all know to be Romeo and Juliet. Hmm. Well, describe a little bit of your creative process with your cast. You have a cast of 20. It's a very large yeah. group of people. Yeah. How do you, yeah. and you're working, you're rehearsing in the evenings. Lots of people yeah. who are working have a day job. So yeah. they're straddling two worlds. Worlds. How do you harness that energy in, that, in the evening time and create that community to enable people? People to bring this material to life. Yeah, caffeine. A lot of caffeine. <laughs> a lot of caffeine. Perfect. You're in uh, Stumptown. Uh, yeah. 
uh, well, first of all, it, it's a wonderful cast. It's just a great group of folks, and it, it's not just uh, me bringing those uh, uh, those talents, those those energies together. We have a wonderful music de- music designer, uh, Rodi Ortega. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a wonderful fight choreographer, Kristen Munn. Uh, we have a, a wonderful uh, dance choreographer, Kimba Shannon. So, I mean, we have all these other wonderful artists who are coming in and working with the cast on all these different aspects of, of the play. And I just work on, you know, the basic uh, storytelling and mm-hmm. uh, the staging of it. The meeting of all of those. Yeah, trying to bring all those minds together to, to create this wonderful piece, which is, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, I, I love about theater. And it's also, I think, one of the things that's at the, the core of this play is, and uh, which I think is so important to the world in which we live today, is that, as you said, we take these 20 different people, these cast members, these 20 different people with, you know, very uh, diverse and different uh, backgrounds and beliefs philosophies and we bring them into a room and then we've got all these other different uh, artistic people that are coming in and working with them uh, myself the choreographers the music de- designer um, so we have all the, these creative people coming into a room and our goal is to work together to create this one beautiful thing mm. And somehow, over the course of six, seven weeks, we're able to do that. You know, we come together, and despite all of our differences, uh, we're able to come together and focus our attentions around creating this one beautiful thing. Right. And you have opening night, and, 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 and you've got it. And I think that's just a wonderful uh, metaphor for, you know, maybe what we need to be doing a little bit more um, out in the world with each other today is mm. finding ways to you know, work through, work past uh, uh, maybe some of our differences and figure out what are some of those beautiful things that we want to create and bring into our world. And you are also a teacher. And tell That's us, right. how do you balance that with, I mean, it sounds... A lot of caffeine. It's the same answer, Susanna, <laughs> to all the questions. Really, caffeine is the answer. Well, um, to my mind, everything you're talking about, is are those are all the great things to bring to students, and I know you do that. Yeah. Uh, and so what's that like to be in the trenches, as they call it? Well, my trench is a pretty cushy one, i got to be honest. I, I kind of sit in the catbird seat. I teach at a school out in Beaverton called the Arts and Communication Magnet Academy. It's mm-hmm. a magnet school for the arts as part of the Beaverton school system. And uh, so the students that come into my classroom are, for the most part, students who already have uh, a strong interest uh, in the arts. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I try to help them understand, I teach English language arts uh, for ninth and 10th graders, and one of the things that I really try to help them understand is the connection between the arts and education and having a good, well-rounded background in things like English and history and literature and um, philosophy and psychology and mathematics and science, how all of these things come together to help uh, make an educated artist, not someone who just has um, talent and is good at saying things, but someone who actually has something worthwhile, mm-hmm. uh, meaningful uh, to say and to share. And so that's a lot of the work that I do with my uh, students out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just a, a great group, and you know, they, they, they make it easy on me. So it's, it's hard for me to say that I'm in the trenches. I look at teachers in other schools, and I, I've, got it, I've got it so easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it must be an awful lot of fun uh, giving those students that you have there an opportunity to see your work as an artist. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't require it. It's not part of part of the course curriculum. Their mm-hmm. grade isn't reliant, not reliant upon it. But mm-hmm. uh, I invite students to come out and uh, see the shows, and it's always exciting uh, when they do. 
uh, and a number of my students. Uh, I, one of the classes that I teach out here is a playwriting class, and uh, out at Lakewood, uh, they do, uh, as part of the Fertile Ground Festival, they do a young playwrights uh, festival, and so a number of my young playwrights have had the chance to get their work produced uh, over on Lakewood stage as part of that. So mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting when, you know, it's not when they're coming and seeing my work, but I get to go over there and I get to see their work on stage, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's really exciting. That's wonderful to see. So you have a, a large cast, a cast of 20. You tell, yeah. How do you cast such a thing? Well, I, again, I was uh, blown away by the interest in this. Uh, we, put, we did a, a group call audition, you know, just, just put out the group, group call out there uh, to the community. And we had, I think it was in the neighborhood of about 250 people that came out to audition wow. for these 20 roles. I know. Oh. It was just amazing. Just amazing. And just, you know, some of the cream of the crop uh, were coming out there. And it was just uh, uh, it, the struggle on this one wasn't, oh gosh, how can we find someone for this role? It was, oh my gosh, how do we choose between all these wonderful people coming in? Uh, and so it was simply a matter of um, finding the people who um, worked, worked really well together and looked like they would uh, uh, exist in the same world together. Mm. Um, and so that was the delightful challenge this time out. And uh, again, just a, an amazing group of folks. And uh, you know so many of them. The, the thing that's wonderful about this cast is it has some of these great old, old-timer old Portland actors mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, you and I have been doing stuff with for, uh, not to date ourselves, but, you know, <laughs> 20, 30 years we've been working with these people. Right. You know, uh, people like uh, Alan King and Grant oh. Byington oh, and right. uh, Chris Murphy, Tom Walton, Michael mm. Streeter. I mean, you know, just some, you know, just a great big respected names in Portland theater. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the, the, this new younger cast as well, you know, people that you and I have been seeing out on stage recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're just bringing such life and enthusiasm and, uh, you know, a new, new approach uh, in many ways to, to theater. And it's just exciting to bring these, these two uh, generations together um, on stage. Hmm, that is so wonderful. And Lakewood also has lots of classes and yeah. uh, other opportunities to connect into the community through those types of experiences. Yeah, yeah. They have, they have theater classes and dance classes. I think they have acting for camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a little, uh, they've got a school age acting troupe of some sort. I'm not really that, that familiar with it, but I know that they have that as well. Uh, so they just have all kinds of wonderful opportunities for both adults and, and young people within the community mm-hmm. uh, to come out there and, uh, you know, get out on the boards and see if it's for them or not. So you're about to open here on uh, November 1st. Are you in previews yeah. currently? Uh, we have our first preview audience tonight. Mm-hmm. And Yes, oh. we have a preview tonight and tomorrow, and then we open on Friday. Just so when people are listening, this will be after opening night that you're listening. So don't hesitate to look at (laughs) liquid-center.org to get all the latest information about performances that you can attend. And as I know from trying to get tickets at Lakewood, you might want to do that sooner than later because they're very, very popular. They really are. They they pack them in, and uh, especially in those last couple of weeks, it can mm-hmm. be tough to get a seat unless you've made that reservation. So right. please do, please do. And I suspect this will be a show that has uh, quite a good draw. So mm-hmm. get those tickets soon. So the show runs Thursday through Sunday, and yeah. the box office number is six three five three nine zero one, which is nice that they have a box office number. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not used to 
ordering tickets over the phone anymore, but I always really like it because you can, I don't know, talk to a human. Yeah, yeah. So what's your favorite aspect of this show as of now? I mean, you're really in the throes of putting it together. First of all, it's just a beautiful show. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful story. Uh, again, I think the, uh, the themes uh, of the play are what I think excited probably you and I when we first saw the film mm-hmm. 20, 20-some-odd years ago. Uh, hard to believe. Uh, uh, and beautiful performances and a beautiful film, but, but, but at the heart of it are these uh, beautiful themes. And the, the one to me that uh, I think really strikes a chord when you know, I, as a director, take a look at you know, proposing a play to a theater, one of the things I always ask myself is, okay, I like this play, but why do we need to do this play now? What is it about this play mm. that could speak to a modern audience? Especially when you're, when you're looking at a play like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a historical play. What does Shakespeare you know, and, and his friends, what do they have to tell us about the world in which we live? Mm. And at its heart, I think that this is a play really much about the power of uh, art to transform our lives and transform our world. And it's about, as people, not allowing ourselves to be confined into boxes that our society might want to choose to place us in Mm -hmm. because of things like uh, gender or age or ethnicity, but that we we need not be confined by those boxes. We get to define who we want to be in this world. Mm -hmm. And that's what our our main character in this, uh, uh, Viola de Lesseps, um, uh, discovers and, and does. She she becomes the uh, uh, emblematic of the spirit of freedom that will not be restrained. Mm. Uh, uh, and 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 she makes the world uh, as she that, that she wants to live in. She transforms herself and transforms our world in the process. So those are very big ideas. And I know one of the things that you're so really wonderful at is making theater magic, things turning into other things. And certainly when you're on a stage, how, how do you go about finding those possibilities when you first look at a script? Wow, that's a really good question. This one was kind of easy, in a sense, because the whole play is set uh, really within uh, uh, the Rose Theater. Uh, uh, and so our, our, our stage, our, our playing area is itself a stage. Mm. And because theater just naturally has that ability to immediately transform from this to that to this to that, that was kind of easy, easy for us. Uh, what uh, was challenging is, um, uh, I can't even say it's challenging, but it's, it's beautiful, is, is what the authors have done uh, with a sense of time. There's almost this sense of real time and dream time uh, that are at work throughout the course of the play and uh, um, how those things uh, interact with the reality of, uh, of, of, of the pieces on stage and how they transform from one thing to another. Um, and so we were able to uh, take you know, pieces that you would see around a theater, take you know, uh, props on stage, uh, set pieces, and how, how do you take that same piece and now turn it into something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, one moment it's a, it's, a, it's a keg, the next moment it's a, a stool, the next moment it's a, 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 a raft out upon the river. You know, how, how, how do we take these things and transform them uh, on stage? And I wanted to do a lot with that in this play because, again, that's what I thought uh, so much of the play was about, is, how, is, is the power of theater to transform. And so I wanted to show, to juxtaposition, the transformation of things into other things, just as uh, we're transforming our characters from um, who they are at the beginning of the play to someone you know, much greater, uh, much wiser, perhaps, than they even could have imagined themselves to be mm-hmm. by the end of the play. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that's something that we can carry with us, that ability as humans to do those things and to be reminded yeah. of it through the play is, is magical. Yeah. I, I just love it. That yeah. was a great description. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Shakespeare in Love, which is going to be well, playing. Thank you, Susanna. Yeah, just so much fun to talk to you <laughs> in this uh, setting. And th- this was David Sicking, who's directing Shakespeare in Love at Lakewood Center. You can look online at lakewood-center.org. The play will run November 1 through December 7th, Thursday through Sundays, and the box office is 635-3901. And, of course, the play is by Lee Hall, adapted from the screenplay by Tom Stoppard and Mark Norman. So have a great day back at school, and we'll see (laughs) you at the theater. All right, great. Thank you so much, Sue. Thanks, David. I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months, and I need your help. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea?